Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, our guests played for nine teams in 10 NBA seasons. He also has some of the hottest takes anywhere around, and he's bringing all that energy, and he's ready to check in. But first, Darlene, girl, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. All right, it's time to welcome our guests. Former UCLA star, 10-year NBA vet, Brian Holland. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, 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 what's up? What's what's up, dog? Listen, man. <laughs> I know you. I know you didn't got me for some push-ups with your little Baylor victory, and that's all good, King. But you, you, you come on here with your do rag on. I'm surprised you ain't got a championship, Monica. I'm surprised you ain't got a championship belt in the background, man. Yeah, I'm saying they ain't no big old king, and and, and you know you the your championship, national championship ring, and all that. Us against the world, and the, you know I'm sure I'm surprised, man. You ain't just flexing like that, dog. Off top, man. Man, Monica Ryan, the same dude that got me on IG live and tried to tell me, tried to convince me that Juzang and Hakez was better than Mitchell and Butler. I will never forget that argument, Ryan. What were you thinking? Completely different skill sets, fam. They, they can't get a buck the way Juzang and Hakez do. Those are those are two, you know, we talking about a true small forward and a true shooting guard, like a three, four versus a one, two. So them boys got to get busy on the perimeter. They're not rolling you into the post. It's a different, it's a different type of game. <laughs> Juzang low key, Juzang low key. And I want y'all to get this on record. Low key, that's that young baby Devin Booker right there. If, if, if I see a similar skill set. And if he can get to the league, yes, stop it. Stop. If he gets to the league, man, you saw that boy going hard right, pulling up for that midi. And quietly, when D-Book first got to the league, he wasn't as refined of a score. If you watch Devin Booker, he can. He wasn't the greatest ball handler. So everything he does is very tight off the triple threat. And he actually got better the year that he had to play point guard because it was something that was, wasn't natural for him. So D-Book is very tight, hard dribble right, pull up, hey, try to bully you, like, that's what I'm saying. Juzang may have a little more to his game, but listen, that's, I'm telling you right now, that's that's the ceiling, you know what I mean? They, right, they say look. that Mitchell's ceiling is Pat Bev, wow. so, you know, I don't know. Stop, wait, that's, that, that, <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Hold on, hold on, because you went out on a limb. That's low-key disrespectful. Davion <laughs> Mitchell's ceiling. Okay, my bad, Mark is smart. <laughs> oh my God! These are, no. are long-time NBA professionals, no, though. But continue. Ceiling. When we say ceiling, the word ceiling. Since we're going out on limb, you said D book. I'm gonna go out on limb too. I'm gonna say Chris Paul is his ceiling. Davion. Davion Mitchell. You heard it here first. Mm. Did you remember Chris Paul in college? <laughs> He's always been the point. Point you general heard. in college too at Wake. Yeah, I love you, King. But maybe mm. on Mitchell's back. They got him going number seven in the draft. Chris Paul, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, was number three. And that's and still top ten. And he's a pure. And he wasn't old. Maybe mm. on Mitchell's a pure point guard too. Mm, I, okay, I tell you what. He's fifty. He's fifty-six and six in college record. The kid wins. He's a winner. He locks up, can make his teammates better. Watch. Watch what I said. No, 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 King. I agree to everything that you just said there until you call them CP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, um, before we get in the weeds of comparisons, what I will say is that both of you gentlemen define the word ceiling fantastically with players that are elite and gave these guys lots of room to grow and be terrific uh, professional athletes. But since we're talking NCAA tournament, Ryan, you are a Bruin. We love your setup in the background. Shout out to Jersey's at home. Um, let's run it all the way back to the Bruins being first four in. 
there's some thought that they shouldn't have been. What does it say that they were the first team to get or second team since VCU to go first four to final four, first team to the national championship game though, or not national championship game, final four. I apologize. Oh, yeah, we can't shine away. Yeah, he had to do that again. King was sorry, quite ecstatic about that too. Um, it, it, it is no more true than the, the saying goes: you take lemons and you make lemonade. You know, we we could have been matched up in the first round with you know Texas Southern or you know uh, you know a smaller school. We got Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So instead of crying, instead of soaking, instead of you know quitting on the season when you're down 14 and you just lost four in a row down the stretch. Those boys gutted up and toughed out a huge victory. And I felt like it was an intriguing game because now these guys had the confidence, knew you was going to mash on BYU because you just played much better athletes in Michigan State. And they went in fearless and bought into the game plan, whole soul with Coach Cronin and knocked off Alabama, knocked off a Michigan and, and really should have beat Gonzaga, um, a player, a healthy player away, or, 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 you know, a great shot away from stepping in. And I believe maybe not beating Baylor, but competing with Baylor. I believe that team was better physically equipped to compete rather than Gonzaga was. Gonzaga was just completely like outclassed. They were like, whoa, like th- this is new. Yeah. Okay. So look, on that note, were you of the tribe of people, every analyst except I think me, King, like Jay Will and Fonz, um, who said that Gonzaga was the fit to be the next? Indiana Hoosier squad. I never bought in Hollins. Like I never bought in. No, I ne- I never bought to that. Um, come on now, like like eleven straight national champion, eleven national championships at UCLA. We know like like cur- like those squads were so juiced. I was like, you're not better than them. You're not better than Indiana. So because college basketball, with all due respect, is watered down now, I can't feel the same way. Mm. So. I know, I'm King, I know I'm a little older than you, Monica. I don't know where you are age range. You know, we don't need to, to close that, you know. Listen, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. We're good. You're older than look, me. Go ahead. <laughs> look, look, okay. But nonetheless, I grew up watching college basketball where those top teams will have four, five pros on the team, okay? Or like the player of the year would come back to school and play three, four years at Duke, at Carolina, at a major university, you know, at UConn. So now when you're looking at some of these teams and King knows this, we talked about this, they only have one or two pros. The competition level is not the same from these guys. So it's hard to put me on, put them on the plane with some of these other great teams, knowing that the competition isn't, isn't the same or their players are just woke now, like uh, play another year for free or go make, you know what I'm saying? A hundred million, including endorsements or whatever. So these guys are getting it, and, I, and, that, and that's why, in a, in a nutshell, I can't put them on the same plane with those other undefeated and great teams. That's an interesting point. I mean, Monica and I have talked on this pod about the the, the culture of college basketball just being different, like, even from when I was there. Like, I feel like it's still watered down. I was just there like two, three years ago. I feel like the teams I was playing in the Big 12, like, were, were loaded. And this year, the Big 12 was, was about as trash as it's, it's going to get. So what what like what do you really think? Like I know you talked about a little bit about like they're woke, but what do you think it is? Because I, I even look at high school basketball, and I kind of see like it's not as like the, the players from one through seventy five, one through one hundred, are not as talented as they were when I was there. Like, they're not as ready to come make an impact. We saw it with Duke, we saw it with Kentucky. What do you think it is? Well, there's the two record, major factors. Hold on, Ryan, before you, before you answer that, for the record, King, I just want you to know this is also the first sign of you becoming old because this is what we all do when we reflect back. So please continue, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that statement, that statement right there. For real, for real. <laughs> um, I'll say one of the big things is that, you know, the one and dones. So these kids know they're coming in one and done and they know, you know, off the P word, potential. So they can go and get drafted off potential Maybe they last, maybe they don't, but it's an opportunity to be drafted into the NBA. They have an incredible value that only gets lesser, okay? And they're they're quite o- aware of that. And the one thing we don't talk about, I think we kind of shine off, is that, you know, between the G League select and some of the kids that choose and elect like a LaMelo Ball to go play overseas, LaMelo Ball could have been on a UCLA team, and we're not going to talk about whether it would have been a national championship or not. You know what I'm saying? So yes. imagine... If you pull, let's say six 
of the best players that will be in college basketball are highly touted are gone. Six Cade Cunninghams are gone. One player that us three know as Hoopers would have absolutely changed the dynamic. So LaMelo at UCLA, when Lonzo was at UCLA, we saw his effect. I think it was a sweet 16 or 32 team. Yeah. And he, there were no great teammates around him. Um, and any of these other schools that these guys would elected, because I remember all the best players always went to college. All there was no turning down Duke. What? Like there was no turning down Carolina. Like, these guys went to college and they went to the blue bloods in the major program. So, you know, to recap the effect of losing one great player, six or seven great players that would change an entire collegiate program. And then the one and done process is it, it just absolutely obliterates any college coach one year and you lose your best player or a guy who kind of low key needs two or three years in college to be become who he would be, you know, cause you didn't see it in year one, it, it tears programs apart. Uh, okay, so on that note, and we definitely got to get your takes on some NBA stuff, but before we leave this college conversation, there's two things pending, Hollins, that are potential game changers. The NIL, name, image, and likeness, and we're seeing, or what is it, a month ago now, Overtime jumps in with this league for amateurs, mm -hmm. right, to give these guys an opportunity to go and make salaries. I know folks at Overtime have worked with Overtime. I think their minds and hearts are sort of in the right place. Let's not be naive. This is also a money money-making opportunity for them. I can appreciate them wanting to give athletes an opportunity, but I'm concerned, Ryan, that guys don't really understand how difficult it is to get to the league. So you could take this pit stop because the salary looked better than going to college and never actually develop to be a quality yeah. enough player. To, like, I just think that, and maybe this, gener this generation is a little bit pampered, the potential gets to their heads. I don't know if people really grasp what it means to be in the league and stick in the league. And I'm not talking 10 days of back and forth from two-way contracts. Monica, I'm gonna keep it all the way 100 with y'all. You know, I had teammates and seen enough hoopers in my time to know that some kids, college was for them. Like dog, okay. like you needed four years of college fam. Like you may not be a league prospect, like, you know, no disrespect, but uh, it was a jello ball, the middle ball, brother. Yeah. He, he should have soaked in everything he could have got at UCLA. And maybe he would have had a shot to go pro by developing his game, you know? So that's not for me to say. Um, but but ultimately, some kids ain't going to school no matter what. They already looking for that out. You know, we know all, we don't talk about some of the homies that played in, in, in the women's game, Monica, you don't see it as much, but some of the homies that came to college for a semester, couldn't get their grades right and never played. You right. know what I'm saying? Those yeah. are some of those stories that, could have went there. And there are gonna be some kids, honestly, that are gonna ruin their life. But some of these dudes ain't made for the classroom, no way. Or like, think about it, like we, I can't even fathom an imagination of LeBron James tapping foot at Ohio State. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like LeBron at Ohio State, there's no way that's going down. It's not even realistic because he was so ahead of his time. Like I, I even questioned Zion going and playing like, why go blow out a tire at Duke fam? Like. You really think like, but oh, how is, those are two out like those are the extreme examples of guys that didn't need college. In general, saying, you somebody, normally see more that don't even make it pro. Some of the homies aren't going to class anyways. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? But like, but like, yes, I knew I was a four year college kid at worst of three straight up. I knew that. And, and like I said, there are some kids like, like that you may talk to like dog, like, no, 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 don't, don't abandon that. Like you need to go. But I think to each its own. And I think it just may ruin some lives, but at the same way, college may take some money out of these dudes pockets. You know what I'm saying? Like I was almost gonna shoot out a tweet. I didn't know how it'd be received. Like, hey guys, make sure you go out and uh, hire some NCAA student athletes. Cause you know, they work for free. <laughs> like like if, if you're a business, hire the student athlete cause he can't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as a joke, but it's it's true. It's the it's the best labor you can get. I, I mean, shit. Where, where do I where do I sign up and get high major <laughs> talent that can just reel in money for me uh, while I get paid millions and they get paid for free and I you know I substitute that you guys have room and board and per diem <laughs> during the process. It's wild. It is a wild place for sure. Ryan, how how much does social media come into factor when it comes to? college basketball being watered down now and these high school kids coming in with the 150, 200,000 followers. 
man, dog, these boys are already on, on a 10 to 10, bro. They're already on the 10 to 10. And a lot of these boys with a million followers or whatever, they don't have complete games because they step in, they're just bigger, taller, faster, more athletic or, or older, older now. Okay. Some of these young boys be 22, be whatever, uh, then did three, four years of prep school somehow uh, before they even talk about like, like he reclassified, like dog, I've never heard the term reclassified so much. Um, and they don't have complete games and the, the projection because they're killing people that aren't their peers is that they're going to the NBA. So their swag is NBA and they don't want to hear those hard pills of, you know, why you got to work on your game, why you got to do this. And sometimes it's because of, because of the fathers in their life. Like my daddy said, I'm going to the league. I'm going to the league fam. Like you ain't, you ain't changing me. Okay. And sometimes for the lack of fathers in their life. And you know, we already know about them vultures that hang around that just want to tell you what tickles your ears rather than hearing the things that you really, really need to know. Like, Hey man, you need to develop your game. Mm. Ooh, we're talk, hey, talking about it for real today. Over here preaching, Monica. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, real quick, I talked with Trey Young his first year in the league when he was struggling and spoke with his daddy. And his daddy talked about Trey not that good right now. He gotta, he gotta get in the weight room. He needs to finish in the lane. He's got work to do. So behind these NBA stars, you're seeing solid backgrounds. Mm. Luca was playing pro, okay? overseas in Spain. I, the, the team that he played on was as fine as it could get. I was like, no, he gonna, he gonna translate right. Playing a real Real Madrid is gonna translate. But yeah. all these, the young boys having success, they have complete backgrounds. They're hearing the right things. They're not just getting their ears tickled from banging out, you know, at, at a, at a pro-am or, or, you know, one of these little events. Mm. 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 That's real. Ryan, how much would social media have affected you? Because you grew up in the era where there really wasn't much social media, Super right? Nice. And you a light-skinned brother with, with, <laughs> with, with, with mixed hair. How much would social media have affected you if you were coming up in today's era? Look, for real, for real, I, I definitely had a good solid home, a background at home, but social media, listen, man, when I was coming out of 06 as a senior, Facebook was just starting. When you got <laughs> on Facebook, people don't, I don't know if people remember this, you had to have an official invite from somebody. I remember you that, had yeah. to be a collegiate student. Uh -huh. so you had to be in college and like sign up. Like I, I go to UCLA and it kind of confirmed and it was just for college students. And all of a sudden it opened up to the homies. Okay. But like <laughs> they created like this like image where you were, it, like, it was like, dang, I want to be on Facebook. I can't be on it. You know, Exclusive. it was for college students. And then yeah. it popped off. I say that to say, I maybe would have had a little too, too much access. Okay. <laughs> To the ladies, okay. I would probably would I didn't have a Twitter account that came out. I might have had a little too much access. I might have had too many followers. You know, just by being at a major university, by default, you're getting that. I remember. You know, what's funny. This is how I quantified our UCLA run. When you know, when you on Facebook, you get a like a friend request, and you kind of pop. Oh, who's this friend requesting me? Oh, everything was everybody was on private essentially, right? You had to approve a friend request. Man, we made it to the NCAA championship game all the way through. I looked at my friend, I had a hundred friend requests. I said, oh my God, look at this, a hundred friend. I was like, oh, this is popping. Look at all these fake people. I done blew up. I can't follow them all. They wasn't with me shooting in the gym. You know what I'm saying? But that, that was the, that's a big difference between you pow, a couple thousand, you know? And I was like, okay, friend requests. All right, a hundo. Hundo friend request, talk to me. <laughs> That's so crazy because I remember being in high school and it was a girl, uh, she was a class older than us, but some kind of way she had the hookup to crack Facebook and we wasn't in college and it was like a huge thing Ooh. to have a Facebook account and you wasn't yet <laughs> in college. Um, wow. Um, okay, so interesting enough, but let's, let's use that as our segue to switch gears into NBA, Ryan. Um, and I do want to still stay in the Twitter realm and just get your opinion on one certain uh, MVP, uh, two-time champion, probably going to tap in a scoring title at some point, who people seem to be really upset about, his Twitter presence, but the man still drops buckets. Like, he just gets buckets. And that would be one Kevin Durant. I, let me, I will say this before you uh, give me your spiel. I am so not bothered by it. I think the idea that because he's a professional athlete um, and we want him to 
censure or like, dude, your, your life is so good. Like, why are you paying these people attention? If you got petty Eddie energy, then that's what's up. Like the minute oh, that, Lord. the minute that your petty Eddie energy <laughs> no, means no. you come and are four for 18 from the field and have a terrible game, the minute that I can make that correlation, then talk to me. But in the meantime, while you popping off on Twitter and still handling your business on the court, all right, you're just petty Eddie. I have no issue. No. Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, we have obligations to our kids that follow us as role models. They walk, they talk, they think, they get burner accounts just like us, okay? They they walk and idolize your, your every step. And also in terms of Kevin Durant, um, to just say any and everything, you do rep rep uh, represent a billion dollar business that has is you are the figurehead of a billion dollar business. And I understand that, you know, kind of love me and hate me for whatever, but I think that the emotional response is what could get you in trouble when you have that much of a rapport or to me that someone that high profile, you can't be one, you can't be one click away from anybody. And we're seeing that, you know, KD is even on a level. He's A-list right now. He's A-list celebrity where even a B-list and we're not going to dive into that again, King, a B-list or a C-list, you know, athlete or, or figure we can just be get to you and be tangible. If I, if I would say anything, my advice to Kevin Durant is to reach out to LeBron James because LeBron James is the only one who really truly is going to see and understand what he's going through. LeBron James made a poor decision and was just smeared through NBA circles, front offices, uh, ESPN headlines, and just, you traitor, you softy, you said all that. Bron took all that. We almost forget that. And when I think of LeBron James, even as a former athlete, you got to go through three throw channels before you even touch Bron. And Bron feel all the same thing. Hey, bump y'all, forget y'all, whatever. Bron goes out and speaks or you talk to him or you whatever, it's always protected. It's always calculated. It's always, you know, it's, it's never just off of, off of just pure energy, you know? And he's learned how to, probably through his immaturity, like said, y'all protect me through this. So he's only made one bad decision. Now, I do want to give another perspective on Kevin Durant and his Twitter. None of y'all know what this is like. And even I don't know what this is like, but I had somewhat of a taste of it, of what the heck he going through. And how therapeutic it is to speak to someone who's talking crazy to you. Literally therapeutic. So when I was on first take, you know, my page would be whatever. Every once in a while, you get an idiot pops on your page or whatever. And I was always amongst the like, you know, shove it off. It's a tweet. Don't look at it. Don't this, don't that, you know. When I went on first take, which is naturally a debate show, people get on and they want to debate with you. But not only that, and I talked to King about this, people get on and they talk crazy to you. For one day, it's a joke, like, who's this dude? Second day, it's a joke, whatever. When you start getting three, four, five months, six, seven months in, that every time you pull up your timeline or something, you got to block somebody that's calling you an idiot, or they're saying they're going to F you up, or like, it's not the thing, it's people are talking to you and challenging your, your manhood as an adult, as an individual, just talking crazy, like, you piece of blood, like, talk and these are Joe Schmoes like I am KD probably like look man I'm six and I had a piece of that but my time on first taken after that where every single day I swear to God I would have a couple thousand mentions that are people talking wild and after a while it wears on you it wears on you really thin so if I'm going through that and it pushed me to the point where I responded to a few people not nothing crazy but a little you know in context <laughs> I understand what Kevin Durant's going through. I understand why, and I do challenge him to reach out to LeBron James, who went through that, who you can't touch, who he can't go out and just hurt himself. Now, yeah, he can grab his phone and tweet, but guess what? He got them boys around him making sure that he's good. Mm. Now, that's real. We definitely touched on that. We definitely talked about that on the, on the live. And nah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I just feel like bro, that, that's a hard situation because I, I have no idea what he's going through. But I get you know, every day, King. Every day, I get every day, bro. 
when I do a game, when I get tweeted at and somebody tweets me, it's like, King McClure is horrible. Who hired <laughs> this young man at ESPN? I would want to say something back too. But you know what? I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But it's nowhere near the level, not even close to that level. So I have no idea. I feel like that, that'd be super tough. So I, I mean, I, I, I can see where you're coming and from. And it's not even that type of, it's like, yo, like, I F King up. I need to punch yeah. this dude in the yeah. face right now. You yeah, like, so that, whoa. That, that, that's, a, that's a little different. Like when I was in college, I remember, like people would get mad at us for like messing up the point spread. So we would do something. Like they would send like, I remember one time in the DMs, I got like a million, I got like, not a million, I'm tripping. I had like a hundred FUs. It was like FU, 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 FU. I guess I did something to mess up the point spread. Like we get those type of things. Like the dude from, uh, what's the name, Ohio State? You see yeah. what he, yeah, mm-hmm. like stuff yeah. like that. Like, like but fans just take this too seriously. Like I don't know if they just don't got nothing to do with their lives, but fans gotta chill. But they already feel like they feel like Kevin Durant is untouchable. So like I'm just throwing off something into the yeah. sky. And the way that Instagram is set up, Monica, you know this. Mm-hmm. Like you see a mention, dog. You're yeah. gonna see a mention. <laughs> Joe Smoke from the burner account. If as soon as you flick and you kind of go through a mention, you'll see a mention. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not protecting you like Twitter will protect you a little bit, but like in the case of KD, like you got blue checks going at him. Yeah, like, oh, very true. Hold up, bro. Yeah, you got blue checks. This he is got okay. them DMs. He don't have to, but I, it's more hurtful than helpful. But Jamada got a blue check talking is a little no, different. A hundred percent. And I think you make a very mature and astute case. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, bring me this petty. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> I will say, I will say this. Um, and Ryan, speaking of first take, I did my first first take last week. Like we are in an era of the clapback, right? And I am very mindful in the space in which we operate. We don't have to agree. And I'm going to state my case and give you the X, Y. But I am very mindful to be respectful, right? Like, I think fans, as we're just talking about, too often cross this line. And I think sometimes even media personalities, they heard something and run with it and haven't necessarily checked it. And then it's a thing when the player or the player's family has something to say. So I just, we're in a very unique time. I think it's it's fun and entertaining, but you do have to be mindful. I don't, I think accountability is okay. And if KD wants to clap back at Shannon, whoever, fans, Russ and his wife want to clap back at Stephen A. Like, I'm good with that, to me. Here's the thing, though. You you can only clap, truly clap, in my mind, with someone on your level. Yeah, that's true. Somebody has more to lose than you. And Kevin Durant has put himself in a position where he's older now. He's mm-hmm. been in the league for a while. He's one of the faces of the league, not just, his, not just the Brooklyn Nets. So if you clap... He can only clap at Braun. Curry, like, and them dudes ain't gonna have nothing. Better. Like to me, like that person gotta have more to lose because now when I step in the battle with you, he he don't care to lose an eye or a limb or whatever. Because guess what? Like if if you it goes to court or it goes to something or public opinion, mm. you know, that person don't care. So yeah. you you losing everything. Well, that person, that person is gonna have a different energy. Because they're not even, they're, like I said, when they, they have nothing to lose. They're going out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, hey, Monica, don't, don't be fighting them big girls now. <laughs> like, she don't care what her face look like. Monica, don't be, don't be letting them, them big girls. Virtually. Hey, I, hey, I love my big girls, but don't like, you know what I'm saying? They, they, ain't, thinking it, they ain't thinking the same way. <laughs> Virtually. Let me, let me I, wish I, would. I wish I would pull up to an actual fight. Yeah, right. No, I'm no, we're not doing it. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's let's get into NBA at large. I mean, I think that was a hot topic this week. I actually saw a funny um, post yesterday of for the win of USA Today, where the, art, the author was basically like, "Katie is better at Twitter than all of us too, and we just need to accept it." But anyway, <laughs> the play-in game, Ryan, has been a lot of talk this week. The play-in game injuries. Obviously, we saw the devastating inj- injury to Jamal Murray and this Nugget squad, who now we're looking at a little bit differently than I think we were in terms of the playoff conversation. Um, you you obviously played in the league. Yes, this year's schedule is condensed. I don't want to say, you know, we all have jobs and we all made sacrifices because of the pandemic. However, that's part of it. Um, But there has been some rumblings this week that some of the injuries that we are seeing are a byproduct of this condensed schedule. But the schedule was kind of agreed upon, to my understanding, by the PA, the players, and, you know, the the league, because there's so much money at stake. I mean, how do you kind of justify, I don't know if that's the right word, but how do you see all of this? So I played in maybe not a similar situation, but it's close to. Um, we came out the NBA lockout uh, some years ago. We had to condense the schedule. So 
players complain about back-to-backs because we cover the league. We go, yeah, keep in mind, they caught the Lakers or Brooklyn on a back-to-back. Well, we had triple back-to-backs. Mm. Those triple back-to-backs was different, okay? Mm. You had to go in, you know, resting or not play your guys on those third nights. And that's just the way, you know, the lay of the land. And I feel like while you will be more prone to injury, obviously the teams that play deep uh, into the bubble last year and we're seeing the effect with AD out, with with LeBron uh, missing time, you know, something that we hadn't seen, uh, that was the worry. But when you, as a player, are stepping into negotiations, we're not taking less. So when we want to fight for more money, you got to make doing times like this. And the responsibility to me falls on these front offices. So why do I say that? As a front office exec, I'm managing the Lakers, right? Okay, I'm Rob Palenka. My main guy is 36 years old. So I better have some firepower off the bench that can sustain him so he can limit his minutes and doesn't feel pushed, who led the league uh, in minutes played for a number of seasons and has to go in by the name of LeBron James. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go out and sign the sixth man of the year and the runner-up sixth man of the year because I am going to bring depth to my team. So if you as a front office ran your star into the ground, that's a problem. And everybody's up in arms about Jamal Murray's injury and that shit at this, shit that. This is the one, the first all-star that went out, that's out for the season. All these other guys are healthy and have managed. I mean, heck, that's just part of sport, man. Kevin Durant it, it, it was, was sitting out, you know, he's getting back in action. But KD done missed, what, two, like two years of basketball? So yeah. sometimes you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. And you got to step in with a game plan, especially in today's era, and manage these guys' minutes, manage what's going on. So um, I, I feel, I definitely feel it both sides. And I'll give you this, man. As a 10-year pro, as a 10-year NBA pro, it's your job to manage your body. LeBron James is obsessive about managing his body. So everything that he puts into the court, he takes it out by managing and getting massages and getting all these things. So if I didn't play 30 plus minutes, I got, I got on that, I got on the, on the, uh, on the court after the game, I got on the treadmill and I got my conditioning and I got my work in. And then I came in the next day and work. So you almost prepare yourself as if you're going to play or, or do something every single day. So as far as your conditioning, not being up to par, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. So they weren't ideal circumstances. These guys having limited off seasons, but as a pro, your conditioning got to be there because injuries come from fatigue. And that's from a front office and medical staff that Jamal Murray shouldn't be in situations where he could hurt himself. Mm. But life happens, guys. It's part of sport. It's the ugly head of sports that we don't talk about. But I think for the limit of injuries right now, they are doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good as far as the league. And when those negotiations come around, got to be like, well, shoot, LeBron played this many games. He played this many games. He played this many games. We need that bigger revenue split. Mm. That's real. That's real for sure. So another hot topic in the NBA was the playing game. My guys from the Mavericks, Mark Cuban and Luca. Flip-flopping. Being vocal. Hold on, bro. You just all Texas. Do you just claim anything Texas, bro? (laughs) You know, know, I got to rock with Dallas, bro. That's where I'm from. Born and raised. Hold on, hold on. King, know. King. So, do you saying you a Ryan Hollis fan? <laughs> King, don't front. If you are Texas, you know what time it was. For sure, man. I've been watching you since I was young. Okay, King. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, you still I'm, young. Shut I up. Well, go ahead. I'm to you, but I've been meeting a lot of people. I've been watching you. I've been watching Brendan Haywood. Like, I used to play with y'all in 2K, and I meet y'all. I'm like, yeah, 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 like, I'm saying. Hey. You know, Brendan played for all the same teams I played for. Yeah, but I'm How funny I'm, that Brendan was my big, he was my backup big off the bench. And then you was my shooter. Uh, my, my, my stretch four. My stretch four, stretch five sometimes. Hey, hey King, I'm just saying, when I play for the Mavericks, I, I'm just putting two and two together. You you were a Hollins fan at one point in time, King. I'm, I'm, just, just, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna start. Like, I ain't one of them dudes to be like, nah, bro, I ain't one of your fans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I remove my pride, yeah, for sure. Your idols become your rivals. Yeah, I used to watch you, bro, for sure. Like, <laughs> Listen, y'all, y'all don't buy it to me right now. Y'all don't buy it to <laughs> no, me. No, I'm, I'm totally here for it. I love this. This is excellent. But my guys down there in Dallas were very vocal this week about their 
frustration, I guess, with the playing game. What are your thoughts on the playing game? As a fan, I love it. Yeah, Dog, this is, this is March Madness. Come on, let's but do it. I don't want to watch the seven and 18 play, but when you playing for your life, you got to turn up. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's popping. I yeah. see who I see Jimmy buckets in his finest. You know what I'm saying? You like, you see these guys stepping out and playing these big names or, or medium names that as a fan, you normally wouldn't care about, but like, who are you in a do or die situation? Who are you going to be? But as a former player, former NBA player who, who's battled for a spot or seven spot, you know, on a couple of uh, playoff teams that I've been on, it, it, it ain't cool, bro. Like you want that, <laughs> like, bro, you want that job security. Like you want to know that you making rent. You don't want to be on the last day trying to make rent, hustle another hundred dollars. Like, like you want to know, like, all right, like we're in, if we win, you know, you know, you, ain't nothing like clinching the playoffs. We do a little, a little short party in the locker room. Like guys, we just clinched the playoffs. But like, no, we didn't quite clinch. That is a tough go around. So, that playing game as a former player, and think, keep in mind, coaches get fired off that bad boy. So it brings a lot of stress on – coaches were getting fired in the bubble in the midst of a COVID season. Like, dog, how you get fired through – like, that's just janky. Like, like how you expect these dudes to play their best basketball during COVID, okay? Practicing for, for uh, 30 minutes a session. Like, there's no way. But nonetheless, as a fan, I love it. As a former player fan, it, it ain't making sense. But – is going to make a lot more revenue in basketball for the league. And, and think about it. Nobody really likes the 1-8 matchup. It's, it's rare that we're going to get a popping matchup like, uh, you know, Golden State versus Dallas some years ago where the eight seed actually has a chance to, because of a poor mismatch, a matchup to compete and win. But Ryan, I hear you. But even as a former player, and even, it's funny because Cuban had this, that, and the other to say. But to my knowledge, uh, Rachel Nichols at least pointed this out, that Cuban voted for it. So now, you know, your vote is directly affecting your team. I I mean, ultimately just win. And I'm not dismissing the challenges of an NBA season. I'm not dismissing how hard guys work. But we always bristle at change. And the bottom line still is just win. Like, you got to win. You got to do what you got to do not to fall in the playing game. And you got to win the playing game. Well, it stinks for the nine seed. Because now I'm the same. Eight, nine, it don't matter. It absolutely stinks for that nine seed. But for the eight seed, it's like, I mean, excuse me, it stinks for the eight seed. But the nine seed is like, yo, we popping. Like, okay, just get to nine, just just get there, and then we good. Like, it's, that's the thing. And, you know, what we saw from a team like the Trailblazers, we thought they had a chance to put a dent in the Los Angeles Lakers last year with the first ever playing game, and they ran out of steam. Yeah. I'm not going to say they were better than the, you know, soon-to-be uh, world championship Lakers, but they ran out of steam. So um, I, I can't like it as an organization because I know how much the playoffs mean. But – you are battling for an eighth seed. You, you're, you, it's, it's pretty much a death sentence. And you're already taking the legs out of these guys. But like I said, as a fan, 7-8 matchup, must-see TV. Let's so get Ryan, it. Must-see. Let's so get Ryan, it. Ryan, as, as a former player who played in the league, doesn't that kind of make it a little bit less stressful? Like, like, like let's say you're on that brink of, of not making the playoffs. Like, you probably, you're sitting anywhere between 8, 9, 10, or 8, or eight or 9. Does that not make it less stressful for you, knowing that, okay, if even if I'm nine, I can still get the playing game and I don't have to fight as hard to get that eight spot. Check this though, King. So it's, it sways the whole end of the season where you should be just kind of playoff prep and preparing. Are we talking about locking seeds? That could potentially affect seeds five, six, and seven, where you could step in. Guys, listen, those teams aren't going to be clinching the playoffs as quick. And down the stretch of the season where you rest, guys, mm-hmm. you may be in a potential or be very close at a five or six seed and not get rest. Not be that's what it takes away. Yeah. Five and six can't drop four losses in a row because you're gonna drop to the worst spot in basketball or playoff scenario, which is the eighth spot. So if I'm going from five, you're not that far from eight. In a, in a loaded Western Conference yeah. or evenly yeah. scaled because if we look at the picture from five or six on, four games in a row, you lose four, they win four, you're in the playing game now. So it affects that whole scenario yeah. outside of the very, very, you know, top four guys. And sometimes I think like, I've seen the playoff race thick, like, like two to eight, we one game apart. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I, I mean, even listening to you describe it with so much enthusiasm, I love it. But of course, I'm not an organization or a team. I do think. Well, do you value the rest that you worked for to be a five or six seed? So, yeah, I hear you on all of those things, Ryan. But I also am hearing that as excited as I am, as excited as you said you are now that you are not an actual player. All I'm hearing is ka-ching. Like, ultimately, mm, this yeah, translates yeah. into eyeballs and interest mm. and dollars. And this whole thing is about maintaining them price tags. And the competitive level. I will say something. Yeah. One of the big complaints, major complaints, uh, do you, I think you guys, as former players, we get it. So we're like, all right, man, rest them. Like, be ready, be ready when it matters. But the average fan has complained. The biggest thing that I've heard is load management. Sorry, Kawhi. That term, <laughs> just it just doesn't sit well with fans in the competitive nature of the NBA game. Like, ah, oh, they don't play hard. Like, do we play hard? You just can't stop KD when he getting into his bag. Or when yeah. Kyrie coming downhill. Like, we look like we ain't playing no defense, bro. <laughs> like, Kyrie is coming downhill at you. Shifty, he got pull up. He got right hand, left hand. Russ is about to run through you. Like, <laughs> it look like we not playing no defense, dog. Like, I'm not guarding Russ on the break, dog. I remember one time, little bro, little bro Russ, that's little brother right there. He yearled me so hard. I've never been yearled in my life, dog. I go and I beat everything up. I block it. I worst case, I foul you, dog. He hit. Yeah, yeah. I was what, dog? We play hard. It's just it's a different level, man. So as a fan, like I said, one of the biggest problems you will address is the competitive nature down the stretch because these teams mathematically will have to uh, compete. But look, man, it ain't it ain't what people think it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man all right so let's um we got to get into a little bit of this down the stretch playoff talk we need your mvp um we talked about the jamal murray injury here's the one silver lining that i have from orion this team is still overall pretty young you got guys in their mid-20s early 20s if you talk about mpj they're still going to have a window to compete even healthy this year i was hesitant to say that they could run up on a healthy Lakers squad or a focused clipper squad and still get it done but i will say if they can finish top four then you got Joe and no, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, has to be your MVP. I would say if he can if he can pull that off. Now that Jamal is out, Ooh, I, I would say maybe maybe top three. You know, I put him in there, but you absolutely have to take considerations. Uh, I remember his first MVP run. One of the things that stood out about the Joker was there were major injuries to every part of his team, but him, and they were still first or second in the Western Conference. You know, for majority of years, so you had to look and be like, dang. He was out, he was out, he was out. Like, that's Joker. Mm -hmm. That's Joker. So I talked about this yesterday, Monica. I completely agree that this is his opportunity to make a run at MVP. But because of injuries, because of these guys kind of, you know, managing through the season, I think this race is as wide open as I have literally ever remembered. You know, Giannis is the guy in my mind, you're still going to have to put him in play. Does the Milwaukee get bucks get hot because his numbers are there to speak. You gave me a voters fatigue face like you don't you don't want to hear you want a new face you you tired of the MVP not being you know that dude in the playoffs okay. Uh, Milwaukee I want y'all to credit me, you know I wasn't talking crazy I love me some Giannis if there's a Milwaukee fan y'all better respect that I, I gave my opinions I love him I want him to do well but I, I just knew you know it, it wasn't all there. Uh, LeBron James if he comes back and gets hot, you know, you know his name gonna be in it Damian Lillard always gets hot around this time. You know what I'm saying? We talked about Joker. Joker at one point in the season led his team in every major statistical category. Mm -hmm. Block shots, assists, rebounds. His big butt let him in steals, okay? Talk to me, (laughs) points, assists, like all that jazz. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, shoot, Kevin Durant was in play, but I think Kevin Durant is gonna have to hand that that MVP over to James Harden. So there's a Embiid, but he got, you know, missed some time with health. I, this is just a tight race. I'm able to give you six, seven candidates who, if they pop off, got a legit shot. Ryan, you are doing the media thing. I don't care about your tight race. I want to know who your front runner is. <laughs> mm. Right. You want me Come to get a name? Sit that, in there. All right, all right, I need a name. All right, whatever. I need a case. Let's go. MVP is James Harden, dog. <sighs> get out your feelings. See, we hear <laughs> you and your feelings when you hear it. Get out your feelings. Not, the, okay. Because listen. When KD was out, he was that dude. When they had, when they were so unsettled, all right, he stepped into the Brooklyn situation and brought 
solidarity. You know, I don't even know if it's the right word. He he <laughs> called that lot. He's the leader of the team. Okay, right now he's the best player in Brooklyn, flat out, and he is the glue and leader that makes that thing work. Now you like dog. We can't give it to the dude who popped off at the strip club, who came in out of shape, but does not mix business with fact. Okay. He's so the MVP right now. He's I the MVP. Will... I don't care. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. This is my pod. Let's rain it in. Let's rain it in. Here's my case on my pod. I'm not mad at James Harden. I could care less about the way things finished in Houston. If that's your reason you can't give him the nod, then I think that's lame. I will say I have struggled to get there because this football season, when I was making my case on MVP and people kept telling me Aaron Rodgers is doing more with less. And I'm like, you guys are LeBron James Patrick Mahomes in terms of taking his greatness and consistency for absolute advantage. Um, that's not okay. It should have been Patrick Mahomes. The argument then became who's around you. And even though KD and Kyrie have missed significant time, when we get to the end of this all, it's going to end up being a combination, combination, combination or compilation of the three of them. And so I just, I struggle to go hard and considering how much firepower is around him. And now he's missing time too. We don't know how well, long I would say going. we've seen him do it without those guys in the lineup. And yes, Kyrie has been Mr. Inconsistency, but I'm going to give you this. If it comes down to a tight race, we're going to look at record. So wherever yes. those records lie, to me, that's a determining factor there for myself between those two, because if Joker does get into a third or fourth spot and he exceeds expectations, you're going to have to give it to him. Where if the Nets are still, you know, going out, taking losses to underhanded teams and they're not, they're not as impressive as a team, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is popping off in the chat. King, on, sorry, go ahead. Hold on, Monica. You came sit there and make your case and not tell me and Ryan who you who, who you going with for MVP. Oh, I got I said I, James Harden, dog. No, no I'm talking, said, I'm talking about me. Monica. I'm oh been, no, she's Joker. Yeah, I've been rolling with the Joker. Oh, Joker. I will say it that, wasn't as clean to find, right? She made yeah, it, it was, case, it wasn't so really, clean to find. I don't know. Really know Ryan, is Ryan being invited back? Like, I don't appreciate this energy. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> You treat um, me like Chris Walker now. <laughs> Stop oh, it. you saw that. That's my man. I love C-Walk. Um, yeah, C-Walk. That's good. Uh, okay, so Joker is my case, but I will say, shout out to producer Bruce, and I was all in on this last week. The case for CP3 because of all that my, Phoenix is doing. Uh oh, you're rolling your eyes, CP, I played with Chris. Okay. The tough part is Chris Chris isn't taking the same MVP load that he used to play, take, but we cannot deny his impact on the organization. When you think about... When you think about MVP, this is a guy who's not, who's leading the team in minutes. He's putting all of the stresses. It's not necessarily, you're not, the MVP is not gonna appreciate the mental game and culture change that Chris brought. You know, I think when we think about Chris Paul and his hall of fameness, it may never be an NBA championship, but he's a guy who has installed culture and create turn losers into winners. So when he got to New Orleans, he became the pick and roll. He became the lob and the, you know, spread it out, the father of the pick and roll out after John Stockton in our era. Uh, when he came to the Clippers, I was there. The Clippers were historically losing as an organization, okay? Then he does it, uh, you know, he took Houston to a next level. Houston was a play away or a shot away or whatever way from the chip. Uh, King, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I know your heart is still aching and hurting and you, you were talking about, hey, that, you know, you was going crazy. Okay, King, we're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you're looking at what he did and we all wrote him off, excluding myself. I owe, I owe that Chris Paul apology for him. He, he did something I thought his greatest feat last year was in OKC when yeah. you didn't even know if Chris Paul was going to report. Scott on Guy's Greener, you didn't know what was about to come out of that situation. And they're a team that makes the gosh darn playoffs. So mm -hmm. I think Chris Paul's biggest impact is there, but the load is not the same in him as him. But as a true basketball purist, you have to appreciate a change in culture and what he's done later in his years. And you got to take your hat off. So he not he not on that Bron train where you talking about, oh, they're contenders, but you're like, mm. Mm. so he wait, didn't change. Why? 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 Do, why does the jazz? Why do the jazz not get that love? Because I mean, the jazz, the they, balance. But they're number one, right? And Donovan Mitchell is that guy. So why is Donovan Mitchell? I'm not saying he's gonna be MVP, but why is his name not really being brought up like that? You win in the playoffs with the wing, and I want you to mark this down. Brennan Haywood loves when I say this: the wing is king. 
the wing is king. <laughs> Versatility is king because you got to have people to guard those dynamic wings. Utah is not shaped to play against LeBron James in the playoffs. Utah wasn't shaped to play against Jamal Murray yeah. in the playoffs. But, 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 but I'm Utah about- wasn't I'm shaped clutch. to play against James Harden. And y'all say he ain't clutch. I'm talking I, about Donovan Mitchell's I didn't name brought up in the MVP race. Not the Jazz winning the championship. Donovan ain't gave me that moment yet, bro. I don't know bro, if I'm- Donovan, you gave winning. me a 50 ball in the first round. Donovan ain't gave me that moment. That, because listen, You're winning. we like Donovan. We like Donovan, okay? Yeah. We, you, we love him. We respect him. But if I haven't seen you, it, Damian Lillard had that problem for a while. It was like, oh, we like you, Dame, but how, we, we don't mind skipping you off of an of a, of a all-star ballot because we haven't seen you in an in a, in a NBA championship, in a, in a conference listen, finals, dog. You don't get superstar tags from the first round, King. But listen, to Monica's credit, to Monica's point, Monica made a point earlier, what you do with less. Donovan Mitchell is taking the Jazz. They're their number one seed. They're 41 and 14 right now, right? He's playing with Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, who I went, I was at Baylor. It was at Baylor, my Baylor Shout guy. Out Royce. Uh, look at look at the guys around him. But they're number one seed in the West, in a loaded Western conference. So why is Donovan Mitchell's name not being mentioned? I'm not saying he's got to win here's, it. Okay, here's my answer. Because to of that. history, dog. They've been was, they're the same. When you come back with the same team. You come back with this pretty much the same team, just a little improved. You can't feel the same way. Mm. King, you, you, King, we didn't talk about Braun like that till he got AD, Monica. No facts. I, and I will say that I actually think, it, for me, when I look at this argument, Donovan is a victim of the team's success in that they're, the, the thing with them is that they are tremendously balanced and they play great team defense. But I'm with Ryan. Like, as good as they are, I'm not buying them in the playoffs because I think, for me, once, once you isolate Rudy Gobert defensively, they're not quick enough. Like, he's off the back line. I don't I'm like them in terms of matchups. <laughs> what? Y'all not listening. I, just, not I answered that. your question. To me, Donovan is a victim, has been a victim of team success. It doesn't appear that he's carrying the load someone like James Harden or Nikola Jokic is because that team is so balanced. And as a collective, they shoot the three well. Bro, They've got man. options, blah, blah, blah. He hasn't had to be the king, the wing king. But, but, but in did the way that what he was doing like the last five, six games, averaging like 40 in the last five games? Look, man, Dame didn't, didn't get that Dame? same respect until he played in the Western Conference Final. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't get that same respect. respect. KD was respected, but until KD went to, to the war, you didn't never mention KD with LeBron. It wasn't but the Dame, same. But and like, Dame, now we like KD, Dame has KD never, Cole, but it was, it was a different thing. But Dame has never been a potential one seed in the playoffs. He's always been in that bottom tier. If Donovan Mitchell can, what Monica said was that Jokic. Taller they the hard, the harder they fall. If they Monica don't make it said, to a conference finals, we're going to lose our minds, bro. That means nothing. You, King, what, don't act like you're a regular season guy now, bro. <laughs> don't act like you're a regular season guy, talk bro. Talk but, to him, Hollis. Isn't that what they base it off of, though? Yeah, talking about, are we talking MVP or are you talking about why is the respect not in his name? You don't put the he's, respect on his name because I'm, of the, I'm, their I'm playoff. About I'm talking about MVP. He's still on MVP. MVP. It's the balance. No, he's still getting balance. he's still getting the disrespect from what they've done in the playoffs or the lack of belief in the, in the playoffs for them. And their team is solid. Their team is solid. Like they're they're a regular season built team. There yeah. is because their team is very solid. But I do agree to you, King. The best player on the best team should have considerations. But you know he's a victim of it. You're not seeing those major major stat lines until, like you said, the last you know, five or whatever so games, but his name should be in mentions. I, I, I give you that. No, he should be on a short list. We didn't mention him, King. I, I will validate that. But Thank like, you, you be like, you be flip floppy sometimes, bro. I've never seen you as a regular season dude, bro. Okay, uh, despite, <laughs> oh my God. Despite the shots being fired every now and again, Ryan, we definitely got to have you back. And clearly we could do this for another hour, but we do want to be mindful of your time. So we got to play a little word association before we get you up out of here. Shout out to producer Bruce. Um, we may, King and I may throw in some of our own. Uh, I lost my script. Dang, King, you got it up? <laughs> yeah, man, I got you. We, we can do this word association. Let's go. So NBA gonna, word association. I, I give it. you a name. You give me whatever word, first word that comes to mind. All right? 
Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing in a couple just so that we know. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw in a few too. Let's go. <laughs> Ready? Let's go. James. I just Harden. say one word. Just one word. One word. James Harden. Dog. Rudy Gobert. Blocker. Anthony Davis. Injured. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Post game. Hmm. Damian Lillard. Clutch. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk. <laughs> right, let's go. Last one for me. No, I got two more. Brendan Haywood. Petty. Ugh. Petty. Last one, last one. This might hit a hit, hit, hit a hit a hit a tough place, but Adam Morrison. <laughs> Misunderstood. Okay, I only have one to add. Paul Pierce. Free. <laughs> Y'all know it's so hard. I want to talk. Y'all know I want to explain everything I say. That's so hard for me. I'm talking with my eyebrows. <laughs> I w please clip this part for our uh, <laughs> shortcut so that folks can see Ryan's faces. Oh <laughs> All right, Ryan, you have been 100% excellent. We got to get you back on the pod. I literally just texted some folks at ESPN. I'm like, yo, when Jalen and Jacoby go on vacation, let me and Ryan Hammonds get that spot because it will be hilarious. Right. <laughs> um, okay, this is how we end the pod, though. The name of the pod is Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Uh, let's keep it NBA season, King. What do you think? NBA season, let's go. Uh, okay, yeah, NBA season. All right, so in this NBA season, uh, Ryan, we need a bucket, a board, or a block. But, you know, since you're a media savvy guy, you can give us all three if you want. But let's explain. The bucket is the thing you want more of. Give me all the buckets, we get buckets. You love this product or this thing from this NBA season. The board is a rebound. Maybe didn't look so good at first, but has some silver lining to it, redeeming qualities. The block Dikembe Mutombo, finger wag, get that out of here. You don't want any more of this thing. You can give us one, you can give us three, whatever you got from this calendar NBA season. Okay, so um, I would say my bucket is the skill set of these players now. Mm. I think the scoring is good for the game. You know, the league I played in was, wasn't as bad, but we had a tradition we, we used to have power forwards who couldn't shoot and the game was just got ugly go watch a game uh in its 2000s and like like the spacing was horrific you know what i'm saying now every player on the floor has to be a weapon i think we got to thank steph curry for this um and my block is something i don't like right yep absolutely block um our stars being injured i think mm -hmm. that man that like this is just ugly like like for real, like this hurts my soul as a hooper. Us as hoopers too. I don't get to say Clay Thompson. Yeah. KD's hampered. The King is missing time. I'm not talking about you, King. <laughs> King is missing time out there to LeBron. Like AD has missed a big chunk of the season. You know, Kyrie has, you know, things he's sorting out. Those, those are injuries too, however you want to put them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like the injuries and missing some of my favorite players play is bothering me or seeing Steph go out there and give us 50 balls and not having a clay with him where we could really, you know, talk about what he would do and how he solidifies his legacy. Uh, I guess what I love is, what do I love? Um, what do I love? I love that we're getting super teams back. Oh, real for th real. this is so. This is your board. Like at first, I, people don't love it, but you like yeah. it. I, I really, I could have melted when James Harden stinking got to the Nets. I could have, I could have melted. I was like, the super team is back. We need a villain. We need a hero. We need to see a collision course of two mega Mongol monsters meeting in the NBA Finals in a seven-game series. I. Love the I love that Brown is getting pressed. Hey, homie, you want to chase MJ? Beat the Nets. <laughs> or just Beat the Nets. Okay? <laughs> Beat the Nets. Because we they over them boys assemble like Voltron over there. King, you might you might be too young for Voltron. It was a big <laughs> robot. 
Okay, <laughs> I'm making sure those who don't know, if the big robot, if, if the arms, the, if the tiger was on, like, okay, a similar like Voltron to play against them boys. That's um, what I'm saying. Wow, okay, okay, how does I, I like love it. it? And then, hold on, hold on, I gotta give you my board something. What's the board now? Wait a minute, you giving us a whole rock of things. First, you said your bucket was. <laughs> First, you said your bucket was the NBA skill set. Now we got two buckets, the, the NBA player's skill set and super teams. You gave us your block. Your block was injuries to the stars. And now your board is something that you looked at and was like, mm, eh, okay, what's your board? Luka Doncic. Mm. Oh, explain. My dog came in out of shape. Uh, we all said he was the, he was the front runner for MVP. For sure. For sure. Okay. Now I had Giannis. Giannis coming in. Giannis was my front runner for MVP because I know he don't he don't turn his motor off like you like you know like us American players like we have chill like King. We know you ain't just pick up like a dog every night, bro. Like some nights it's like bro, like they're garbage. Giannis had his motor didn't turn off. So I'm like, dog, he gonna average 30, 15, and two blocks. He gonna be in that calling, and he don't take time off. You know, so. My board is is Luca, who's now playing well. The Mavericks okay. are starting to surge, but mm -hmm. who came in out of shape? And playing Luca wants to anoint Uncle who hit a game winner the other day. I don't want to date this pot, Uncle Luca. I call yeah. him like Uncle Luke, Uncle Luca. Okay, Uncle Luca hit that shot, dog. So he's starting to pop off, but he's my board, and he's starting to he's coming back from you know disappointment to, to back. Mike, right? My rebound, right? Did I do that? Yeah, right? yeah. you did it. You did it right. You you nailed it. Uh, Luca hit that wild game winner on Wednesday night. That was that was crazy. Um, okay, I like, Ryan A plus. I like the way you did that. He want to say parts. something so bad to me right now, bro. You can't <laughs> even touch what I said, bro. Stop, chill. Uh, look, I respect what you say, even though you posted was it a travel or not, but I don't. I think it was clean. I just had to mess with people. You understand the fact that you still you still think about me, bro. I'm on your mind. That's what learn the media game. See, King, now you learning me. I'm just on your mind. What's, it oh, like, what's he talking about? If you still think about me, I won, King. You can't tell me that I'm flaky, right? When you got on this power earlier, I didn't even call you out on this. And you tried to say you went on that Gonzaga bandwagon when uh -oh. me and Brendan tried uh -oh. to tell you that Baylor was Gonzaga. Uh -oh. And you sat up there on live and said Gonzaga was going to beat Baylor because they had no answer. Uh -oh. So, That's Monica, uh oh, I didn't really care about Baylor. I'm going to be honest. There's no there was no sexy names on Baylor. Mitchell became a sexy name that we want to talk about in the draft. Mm -hmm. And I just had to spark the conversation up with these two. Oh my god. <laughs> so did you practice it challenge... with devil's advocate though, Hollins? Because that's the way we no. know where you really stand. No, no, it was only because Baylor's such a lackluster name. They're not a blue blood, they're not sexy. No one was excited about their success, you know. So that's why I had to spark <laughs> it up because fans don't want to hear us talk about Baylor like. That's not a thing oh unless you went to Baylor. Goodness. No one wants to hear about Baylor unless you went to Baylor. So I was like, let me spark up the combo. Let me get some emotion out of King instead of telling King how great he is. And congratulations, King. <laughs> like, I had to spark him up. He was like, give me Mitchell's the next thing. Like I had to get him, I had to get the dog out of him. He was like, oh, like you see him pick up 94 feet and get buckets. Like I had to get him going and he mm -hmm. was turned. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. All right, so you were playing the role. I got it, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for waking up early with us on the West Coast to record this pod. The energy, bro, we would have no ideas first thing in the morning. Clearly, you're a morning guy. You're a morning guy. Nah, nah. Hey, I'm about, I'm about my business, dog. Like, we gotta grind. Like, there we let's go. Get, get, let's get it. Hey, hey, my, I mean, you gonna hear me? Let's get it out the mud. You feel me? Come on, let's, let's go let's get go. It out the mud. All of us had to grind. When no, ain't nobody just hand us a scholarship. We came in real regular. We was real regular at some point. And I had to go get that thing. That was dope. All right, it's time to wrap this thing up. Big thanks, big energetic thanks to our guest, Ryan Hollins, today for sharing his time with us this week, waking up early, bringing the energy. We loved it. Great conversation. Thanks also to our extraordinary producer who makes our job so easy, Bruce Bernstein, and our terrific editor, Kristen Woolley, who makes sure we sound so good. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. Mike Wise has a new show each Monday. His scheduled guest next week is USA Basketball Managing Director Jerry Colangelo. 
Full Court has a new show every Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is on Wednesdays with new shows. And King and I have buckets, boards, and blocks every Thursday. And the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman is every Friday. TGIF. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. So this is the year. What year is it? The year that we put an end to the pandemic. Tired of COVID. Tired of dealing with this. Please go get a shot. Go get the vaccine. Help stop the spread of this. However, we are not there yet. So whatever you got to do, protect yourself and other people by wearing a mask, washing your hands, social distancing, and just overall being considerate and being a decent human being. And if you see a nurse or a doctor or a teacher, thank you, thank them because they are the they real heroes during this time. So until we meet again, Monica, I'm gonna throw the oop up. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.